as it wounds is a deep recounting of the experiences and realities of black men in today's world. It is shown how social stereotypes have repressed black men by creating invisible and irreparable wounds that last a lifetime, which leads us questioning the balance between what is seen as justice and social imbalance. The socially entrenched prejudices have a significant impact on the self-esteem, motivation, and pride of black men. So please join my co-host, Chris and I, and our welcome guest, Daryl Barnes, from All Things Black Podcast, therapist, Arnell McGainey, as we embark on this five-part miniseries from a black man's perspective on how the world looks at us through the movie's eyes. Welcome to Wounds. It's a miniseries with uh, Through the Looking Glass. And I uh, just wanted to, uh, this is an excerpt about, you know, just brothers getting together, mm-hmm. talking about different types of subjects. I'm going to let everyone introduce themselves as they go around. Let us know how you guys can be looked up and where you're from and what you're doing right now. How you feeling? Introduce yourselves. Let's start off with Chris. Yeah, my name is Chris. I'm one of the co-hosts for Through the Looking Glass. Hey, my name is Ernell Leganey. I'm not really on social media a whole lot. You might not find me there too much, but I'm a counselor by trade. If you do want to find me, you can find me on Psychology Today. Just look at my name, Ernell Leganey, and you, know, you can find me there. I'm Daryl. I am the host and producer of the All Things Black podcast. Of course, you can catch that on Apple Podcasts, any of the streaming platforms. And uh, I do have somewhat of a social media presence, but uh, I'm really, really on there. But I'm just uh, excited to see where this miniseries is going. And I thank you guys so much for considering me to be on uh, this panel. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I'm glad to have you guys, man. I'm glad y'all accepted the, uh, the little challenge with my, me and myself. So looking forward to like, uh, talk about some things, especially let's, uh, we're going to talk about brotherhood tonight. And I just uh, want to get you guys expert. What is What do you think what brotherhood is to you guys? It just, uh, we just go, man. We just going to talk it up, chop it up, whatever. We start off. Daryl, you know, start us off, man. Brotherhood, I'll start out with, I believe is a quote. Um, and that because I read quite a bit, but I read message to the black man, but I don't believe Muhammad. And he said, basically, you want for your brother what you want for yourself. So brotherhood essentially is allowing yourself to, of course, not be envious, jealous of your brother when you see your brother successful, because his success is essentially your success. And you want to be able to learn from that success. Also, brotherhood is peace. Brotherhood is knowing that I can allow myself to be myself and my brother not do anything to foil, um, you know, my, my peace, right? I can allow my brother in my home and he's not going to try to advance on my wife or he's not going to try to take anything from my house, my personage or anything like that. So essentially brotherhood is just that it's, it's a bonding. It's men sharpening men as just as steel sharpened steel. And we are collective in the sense that we are the ones that are supposed to be the providers and maintainers and protectors of the community. And we can essentially do that when we come together as a collective in a very cohesive manner with like minds, even though perspectives and opinions may be a little bit different, but we can essentially do that in a very cooperative manner, knowing that we are a full unit and a full body. So I'll just end there. Okay. Okay. Hey, that, hey, yeah. That's hard to follow right up, but you know what I'm 
Yeah. Right, Nell, what you got? You know what? I'm I agree with everything he said, but I'm also going to add in like he he mentioned that you know steel sharpens steel or iron sharpens iron. I think that part of brotherhood is lost to a lot of us because we just see the support side. You know, I'm a ride for you no matter what. But for also tied into that, for me, brotherhood is about accountability. Don't just ride for me and boost my head up. Tell me when I'm wrong. Hold me accountable. Be the one, you know, risking to be ostracized because, you know, you didn't follow the crowd. and You said, hey, you know what? I'm not doing this. You're wrong for this. Okay. We need that more so than, you know, hey, I'm going to ride for you no matter what. That's cool. If I'm doing something dumb, I don't need you to ride for me. I need you to correct me. I need you to call me out on it. Lead me in the right direction when you know I'm not going that route. So for me, a big part of brotherhood is accountability and being able to hold each other accountable. What you got for us, Chris? Yeah, no, that's what I was going to add, too, for the accountability and just being able to hold one another to the same standards and not just letting something slide and just saying, hey, I'm going to just mind my own business. And if you know, like I can talk to me personally, like I have a small circle that I run with, and like we all talk about certain things and it's all about, hey, look, man, making sure you handling your business. And if it's a situation where one of us aren't, we aren't doing what we're supposed to do, it's nothing for somebody to come check you and just be like, hey, look, man, now you know you need to tighten up. And then you'll like, Yo, use dead wrong. Or even though you might be right, but the way you went about it was the wrong way. And I know, like I said, for the guys that I hang with, they are. Like I said, they have no problem checking me. I have no problem checking them. And like I said, sometimes we get together and then we might say, hey, look, man, such and such, you might be kind of slipping. So we might need to go talk to them and just having those little talks with each other like that and being able to have that communication. Okay, so I heard some good things, especially like the iron sharpens iron, the accountability and, and things like that and how we should, you know, be able to respect each other's face and saying like respecting our home like when you when i allow you to invite you into my home i want to respect you know what's in my home whether it be my wife my children you know any family member that i want you to show the same respect that i show you i want to get it back you know what i'm saying but as far as us as black men in our black society which you know we want to focus on because we want to help our people to be more, you know, help us to be more than what we are, you know, to the day, because Arnell was saying, we lose, we're, we lost on some of this, and we don't understand, you know, what it means to be in a brother. I just want to talk about, you know, what does that look like? You know, if, you know, we said what, what we think it is, but how do we get there? You know, what's the mindset? What, what, is, what does that look like, you know, in your opinion? I mean, for me, it's just you know, just it's a conglomerate of what everybody just said. You know, it's just, you know, it mirrors each other. Everybody wants to be, you know, you be like each other. You know, if we all in this group together, us four, then I expect you to check me if I say something wrong. And, you know, if I'm disrespecting something that you said, I expect you to pull me to the side and let me know. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's what brotherhood is, you know, as far as like that, in my opinion. There must be an example. Mm-hmm. All of us can regurgitate. All of us can, you know, information. All of us can express that, but it falls flat when there's no example. 
So there has, there must be an example first. And in that example, one of the things that has to truly be, you know, come from us, especially when we're, you know, talking about checking each other, because sometimes we can be a little hard. And in certain situations, the hardness is warranted. But at the same time, there has to be the warrant, the hardness has to be coupled with, with a degree of love. And a lot of times black men don't know what real love looks like. Right. What's an example? I mean, you know, how, so let's say for instance, you, you can't come to somebody that's been hardened on the street. Right. No. And, yeah. And then all of a sudden try to check them very stern and demeaning, you know, stern manner. Right. You necessarily can't do that. You have to pull them to the side and then, you know, you can be firm. Right. And telling them mm-hmm. that, and letting them know that they're wrong, but you have to do it in a manner where they can. Re- that's mm-hmm. the first thing. So you just can't just readily just, you know, try to beat the hell out of somebody and tell them how nah. they were. Right. Because it's not going to be received properly. So you have to be an example. Brother on the Internet, man, he's been circulating. He, I forget his name, but he's excellent. He's a he's a business owner. Ball head brother. Great, great beard. Oh, martial yeah. artist, martial artist. Okay. Um, and he sets the, he's an example of that. So again, so being an example, first and foremost, and letting the other brotherhood, the other people in the brotherhood see that you mm-hmm. are that example, right? And I'm talking about in all phases, letting them see that you're that example, then it becomes a lot easier for you to, you know, kind of admonish or correct somebody because they see you're that example. I can't tell you to straighten up if I'm a hypocrite. Exactly. You, you follow exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I, hear I mean, it's like you got to lead by example. If, if I'm not being the man I need to be, you know, how can I teach somebody else to be who they need to be? You know what I'm saying? If I'm not doing the right thing. I mean, because, you know, with brotherhood, you know, you just got to think. I mean, in our society, it's a lack of it. And it's hard to say because, you know, work, I have a long history of working in group homes and facilities, and I work with young black men a lot and you know with that point it gets lost man they don't understand you know they don't do the yes sir and the no sir they don't you know it's hard and you got to come to their level to understand where they come from first in order to help them to get to that point to where they respect you and want to learn from you You know as far as like you know being um, an example or role model here's what i add on that yeah, no, I was going to say now, as far as the role models, I think that's where nowadays where that brotherhood has gotten away from because it's, everything is a competition where let's say you got the four of us, we all competing against one another. And then for me to get ahead, I got to step on y'all versus I would say like with my dad and uncles, what I saw from them growing up was them always working together to get that common goal. And it's and then they would all kind of share each other wins. So hey, if one person was winning, they all were winning. And I know for as me being in that type of environment growing up, seeing those male figures and mentors mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis, that's what I saw. And I think what has happened is when you have a lot of guys who grew up and didn't have any of those day-to-day male figures in their life, it doesn't even have to be a dad. It can just be an uncle, a teacher, a next door neighbor, anything like that. Nowadays, you don't have that. And it's like everybody's in their own little bubble. And then also by you being on, hey, look, man, I just want to build up my 
empire, if you want to call it that, I want to build up that mm-hmm. and just everything else. Hey, man, it don't affect me when in actuality it's the complete opposite because if you my neighbor, what you do to your yard and your house is going to mm-hmm. affect my house as far as the value of my house if you're going to look at that aspect right there. So I don't know, I don't know how because we've gotten so far away from that. That's what I want you to do. I don't know um, how, well, yeah, I don't know what we can do to get yeah. back to that. So, what, I mean, what does it look like today? What does that look like today? I mean, anybody. It's just, it's just an all division and individuality. So that's what you feel so like. Right here, I'm just going to get mine. Honestly, I feel like it's more like not even individual anymore. It's just a whole bunch of followers, like a whole bunch of sheep. Like we're herd animals. Yeah. I see old boy over here doing this. I'm going to get in a dope game like him, like everybody else. In order to be a role model and, you know, like you said, be that role model for these kids or for anybody, really, you got to be comfortable with yourself and be comfortable with being alone. Be a role model. 90% of the time, you're going to have that unpopular opinion. Now, man, don't do drugs. Don't sell the drugs. Unpopular opinion. Go get a regular job. Unpopular opinion. You got to be comfortable with the fact that you're probably going to be alone. And that fear of being alone, because as people, we, you know, we don't want to be alone. That fear drives us to, you know, kind of go with the crowd, kind of be so we can be included. That looks like, you know, trying to teach these young men that, hey, you know what, it's okay not to be part of the crowd and be that example, but also teach them, you know, hey, why is counseling going to come from anybody? That's true. Like I tell kids, just because a crackhead tells you not to use crack, yeah, he's a hypocrite, but is he wrong? Yeah, that's like, true. Nah, he, nah, he ain't wrong. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he ain't wrong. I mean, he's a hypocrite, definitely, but he ain't wrong. That ain't something you want to do. So sometimes you got to learn to look past that and just accept the wise counsel from wherever it comes from and swallow that pride. Because, I mean, I can speak personally. I think I've had growing up more and more people that, like, people would say they were a negative mentor. But to me, it was positive because even though they weren't doing things the right way, they would tell me, hey, don't do that. And I'm like, like you doing that. I remember being at the cookout. So I'm in my early 20s. I'm sipping drinks. And my uncle, he's slurring his words, talking to me, telling me that I need to put the drink down. And I'm like, yeah. you tore up right now. And he was like, look, man, I'm just telling you, like, you don't, this ain't what you want to do. You can be better than this. And like I said, just talking to different people and having that, just getting that advice where it's like it's one thing to tell how people tell you to do the right thing but when they're telling you to do the right thing because they've had they've basically done it a certain way and failed at it so it's like hey look man learn from my mistakes don't make the same mistakes i did as far as brotherhood yeah i think i agree with arnell what you saying it's a bunch of followers we're not you know, everybody wants to be on the same bandwagon, want to do the same thing and try to get the same goal. But nobody wants, it's kind of like when you do have to get along, do have to be by yourself. That's truly, I feel like that's where you find your your brotherhood at. You know, when you, and those people that call in, check on you and, you know, it's just like, I, you know, see guys, so, you know, I see this meme all the time, you know, cut off all, you know, isolate yourself, do it for six months. Get out there and you know just do you, and you know just and you'll learn who for you and who against you, and who's with you and you know as far as your brotherhood and as far as like getting together and who's for you on that end. As far as like that, you know, with the brotherhood, as far as what is, you know, we're talking about, you know, being accountable. We're talking about iron sharpen iron. 
talking about this. How do we try to impl implement this, you know, in today's society? How do we do this? I mean, with us, you know, because you got guys, I think about some of the situation where it's a lot of killing out there and a lot of, you know, as far as like between us, black, you know, black killing, you know, black and thing like that. And, you know, it's just, it's just, okay. Example. What happened when the police officers jumped that guy and it was black officers, maybe one white officer, you know, was that a brotherhood or, you know, those guys, you know, riding for their boy, you know, for that one guy, man? I, for that I just man? think we've gotten to a place where we're no longer, because I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit say season i'm a little bit aged i'm like the cheddar cheese right now so i've experienced a few Dude, things uh, yeah there we go and uh so coming up you know being reared in community now they're just really neighborhoods but being reared in communities that's exactly what it was you know we looked out for each other you know somebody when somebody didn't have the person that did have we you know they Either we or they came and made sure that person was taken care of. And even the children had a safer place uh, growing up in those times because, you know, there were certain things that you couldn't do because Miss Johnson was looking out the window, right? And she would yeah. tell on you or whoever else it was that you were doing something inappropriate. We've gotten away from that sense of hard community. And right now we're only thinking, yeah, O'Neill said it, and Chris, I believe Chris said it as well. We're just in a space of hyper individualism. Individualism is not bad. Mm -hmm. It's when it's hyper, right? Mm -hmm. It's like I'm the only thing that exists and I exist outside of them or that community or that group. It's just me, right? And, uh, you know, in talking about the police officers, that's exactly what that was. You know, they didn't mm -hmm. see another brother, they didn't see another black man. They saw somebody that was outside of that system that, and I'm not saying that, that system of belief, that a system of, activity that they were in right so we don't see the connection there's a connection between every last one of us you have to find the connection and if you're unwilling to find that connection and make that connection you're always going to have what you have right now which is, which is that tribalism that hyper hyper individualism and you always want to kind of go against what should be you know really natural and the natural thing is that you know we are collective we are I know a lot of people say say black people are not a monolith. I get that. I understand that. But at the end of the day, we are a connection. We are connected to each other. And I like to tell people when I leave outside the door, I know that I'm an extension of somebody else. So I try to present myself as, as good as possible outside of that connection because I know that, you know, that's possibly here's my mother, here's my brother, here's my uncles, my aunts things like that, right? So I'm a representative of that. And I just think when you continuously think hyper-individualistically, you don't see that you're connected to the greater, right? That's a huge problem. And for me, it's just an educational piece. It's just being re-educated into the idea. And I know a lot of people like to head button, they like to say, you know, a lot, you know, black people are not going to get it together. Yeah, you, you can. Yeah, we won't if you think that way. But it's just re-education, man. It's re-education, being authentic, being genuine when you talk to these people, being yourself. Don't try to put on, you know, don't, don't try to be performative. 
you know, because we're so wise now, we're so smart now that we can pick up on that just with vibes. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily you have to say anything. A person knows whether or not if you're authentic or not, if you're putting on a performance. And mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, because of social media and other things that we are consuming on a daily basis, a lot of us have learned to be performative than anything else, right? I'm going to be in the end with the in crowd, so I'm going to do what they do, but I'm going to heighten it. I'm going to go beyond. And I'm going to, you know, they smoking 10 blunts, I'm going to smoke 100. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To put myself in the, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. crazy. And we don't have to do that. It's just, we don't have to do it. But again, it's just, it's, to me, it's about re-education and just being authentic and very genuine and showing a degree of empathy, you know, when you come across your people like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you want to add anything to that? Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that he said, you know, we don't have that sense of community anymore. And he's right. Cause now if Mrs. Jones, you know, tries to correct us, you know, we kicking in Mrs. Jones though. And now Mrs. Jones got a problem. So nobody that, that's don't gone. Listen yeah. yeah. Nobody, nobody doesn't listen to elders like they used to. Mm-mm, they don't. You know what I'm saying? I I'm not calling no, nobody elders, you know, because I, I got a little season on my age. Listen, man, sorry to cut you off. Let's sorry to cut you off, but elder is a is one proud title that anybody should be willing to hold. Because when you are yeah. a significant age on this planet, living through the hell that we're going through right now, listen, oh, give, yeah. give me that title, Chief. Put it out way as a badge of honor on my shoulder. I'm living you know for what it. I'm living for so, it. Especially as a black man, you made it to be an elder. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'll take my salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, back to what you said about those two police officers, you know what, you made a good point about the hyper-individuality because could they have stopped, you know, could they have stopped the other white officer? Yeah, but you know what, if I stop this other white officer, what about all the hell I'm going to catch back at the precinct once he tell everybody, man, I don't want that for myself. This dude just going to take this beating. That's it, but that, I think that, but I think in that situation, it was, it was majority black officers. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was what, five, five or six black officers? Yeah, it, it, it was five. It was five. And one white? One white. Oh, that's okay. right. It was one white. Yeah, yeah. One white. Mm-hmm. So even if they're the majority, if he, that one white officer goes back, hey, none of these guys participated. They ain't with us. That's it. But that yeah, that's it the, for them. That shows the disconnect, though. It does. That shows the disconnect. Fine. You can wear whatever badge that you want to wear. At the end of the day, there's a common theme that runs through every last one of us, and that is our black experience. Or not. That's right. Or not. Right. So again, I'm connected. Mm-hmm. I might not be like, excuse my language, I might not be like those niggas, but in the right. but in the greater scheme of the thing, I'm still a nigga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, don't, I don't care what I don't care what accolades I hold. In this, in the greater scheme of the thing, in the greater society, I'm still a nigga. Exactly. So it's the common experiences that we have that should be binding us, number one. Now again, you may not have experienced it. Experience, experience what I've experienced. You may not experience it to the degree I've experienced, but you've experienced it in one form, fashion, or another. So it's the, it's the family, and I agree with you on now. We have been taught away from community. Period. We have there's certain norms that we had, right? There's a social, certain culture that we had that that you just that you couldn't get around. Mm-hmm. We stopped teaching that. That that was it. Was about go out into the world get your bag, get your money. Don't worry about anything else. Get this, get that. And the third, but then what happened to manners? What happened to respect? Right. Yeah. What happened yeah. to all of that? That was not taught. We stopped teaching that. And it that's a huge true. problem. You know, you go in a generation now. Yeah. And you go into, parents want to be friends. Necessary. 
You know, everybody lives on that turn by any means necessary. Go get your bag. Go get your mm-hmm. bag. You know what I'm saying? And it's no, they're saying it's no respect, no manners, no, it's no, you, you got to put stuff in in order to get stuff out. You know what I'm saying? You can't That's- just be ratchet, run up, you know, run up, done up. You know what I'm saying? Just doing things out the ordinary, man. You got to have some type of level of respect or common knowledge, you know, just to, you know, just to get through this society. But most people, they just own it by any means necessary. Go get it. And you can mm-hmm. look at society today and see how a lot of these rappers have changed their persona once they got to a certain status. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Can I ask Arnell a question? Now, I don't know what you said you're a counselor, correct? I don't know yes, what sir. particular field. I mean, is it family counseling? Is it? Um... I cover a wide range of my specialty. It's like in trauma and marriage counseling. Okay, gotcha. So in your day-to-day work experience, because you did bring up something where you said, oh, I just skip my, my, my thoughts just that quick. It was something that you said in it. And you said it when we're all talking, but it, I think it was again about community. When you're talking to your, your clients or your patients, um, out of those patients that you're talking to, do you see that sense of disconnect and do they kind of even talk about community or do they talk about certain things that I can't frame the question the way I want to. And I know I'm better than that, but anyway, um, yeah, but I mean, in, in your day-to-day, what kind of conversations that is had to let you know that there is that complete disconnect? And then how is it that you try to bring it back to make people know that, hey, we, you know, we are a community of Black people, very specifically, if I'm asking that right? No, I got you. I got you. With the, uh, the adolescents that I work with, a lot of them... A lot of them, they're just really focused on themselves. They're in a bad situation at home. And like you said, Marcus, by any means necessary, I got to get out of this. Mm -hmm. They're not worried about Mrs. Jones, you know, them correcting, her correcting them. They just know I got to get out of this bad situation. So that's the trauma piece. What I do to try to correct that is I do what a lot of, you know, their friends and sometimes what their parents don't even do. I tell them when they're wrong. I call them out on it and I hold them accountable. And they look at me like I'm crazy and they talk trash and I talk trash back. But oh, once yeah. they see that, you know, oh, he's not scared of me. He ain't backing down. You know, he's actually holding me accountable. He's telling me I'm wrong. And then I give them reasons, you know, why it's wrong and help them find other alternatives. I'm like, oh, see things that they necessarily didn't think about. And over time, you know, they kind of agree and come out of it. Now, it doesn't mean they're not going to go back to their old habits. You know, that seed that we planted may not take effect for another five, 10 years, but they have the seed. So that's how I. Try to work with you. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. That's good, man. Because in a lot of opportunities, when you start doing the counseling stuff and start turning over and they start realizing that you are a friend, or they start looking at you as a role model and you become a part of their community. Mm-hmm. They don't have that at home, man. They, they don't have it at home. Um, a lot of stuff. I mean, because I used to deal with a lot of adolescents that, you know, <laughs> We'd be sitting in the circles, we'd be talking, uh, chopping it up, and you know, just have these sessions with them. And they, you know, they telling me they smoking, smoking weed with their parents. You know, like, why would you, why would you even do that? I mean, that's because that, he don't want me smoking with nobody else. I'm like, but is it that any, any, any way to be? 
you know, is that what we're teaching our kids now? If we, if I don't, if I don't let allow them to do what they want to do, then they're gonna, you know, go out and do something else. Or I'm mm-hmm. allow them to smoke with me or drink with me or something like that. And it's, it ain't. This is just society. Just it's turned upside down, man. <laughs> it is. I feel like the day and age where you know parents are parents and not friends is gone. Oh yeah. That's Mama would always say that. That's what you mentioned. That's what you Mama, not your friend. I don't heard that yeah. so many times. I ain't one of your little friends. Yeah. I ain't one. Yeah, that's all I say. I ain't one of your little friends. Yeah, I ain't. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, oh, yeah, I don't think they say that no more. They no. don't. Not ate so many backhands. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Even the little kids. Yes, sir. That's it, man. They don't say yes, that no more, man. They, they want to be in the club with their daughter. Right. You're not lying. Or they, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, your mom how old? And you how old? Why your mom ain't at the house? <laughs> what, <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> what is the community like, man? Ain't no, I mean, but it's, I mean, but we can talk so much about that, man, on the brotherhood and everything. Yeah, so but just the culture needs to be changed. That's it. That's it. That's it. The culture, the whole, you know, just the whole mindset, man, of just, transforming yourself into what it used to you could take what it was and bring it back to modernize it but put it in there because it's because what happens is we're in the eco and whatever you're raising that's what you're going to get that's what you're going to get from that's where you're going to pull from so if we in the different if, if we're in that bubble and we pulling from you know what we see on social media or what we see on on TV or anything like that. I don't even think anybody watches TV anymore. I got kids. They watch YouTube, man. They watch social media. I see glitter and all this other stuff. But <laughs> you pull it from there. You pull it from there. And it's like, what are you learning? What type of people are we getting? We get more, you know, it's not a community. And I think that's where the individuality comes from. Because you're pulling from this single person that you're following or that or whatever and they just out here telling you depends on what you, what you take in i'm you know whether it's not i'm gonna be i'm gonna go for me and for what i know or i'm you know help my brother get up because you know when i think about when i think about brotherhood i think about he ain't heavy mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying saying that i'm gonna lift him up regardless i'm gonna bring that man up with me as long as he's willing to come up with me you know that's how I feel about that. That's how I feel about that. That's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just want to, I want, I want everybody to be on, on the same page and, you know, everybody, to, you know, love each other, look out for each other, teach one another. Cause if you don't have, if you got a skill and I need a skill, teach me your skill. Right. You know? So I think, I think, I don't know the time on this thing, but we about to, wrap this thing up so we just go around and just kind of give your last remarks or or what you think or how we should go about implementing this thing or how we how if some like our listeners how you think they should go about it what you or what you feel like what it is that needs to be addressed I think I'll go first go ahead and I'm going to piggyback on what Chris said earlier but uh-huh. for everybody you know whatever your friend group is whoever's in your friend group you start to be that person that Chris mentioned. You be that person that starts checking people. And like Daryl said, you know, do it in an appropriate way. You know, maybe not in front of everybody, pull them to the side, but you start being that example in your friend group. Check who you need to check, correct who you need to correct, you know, hold them accountable. 
And if it's a type of person that, hey, you know, they want to buck back, they ain't with it, cool. You do your thing, but you continue to be that like, but they're the rest of your friends groups, you know, whoever who's open to it. All right. And I'll say that, that all of that was spot on. You, we definitely need to get back to a place where we pull each other's coattail. I think, you know, for the most part, us as men, we do a pretty good job of that. But yeah, it needs to be done a lot more and probably on a much greater scale now that we see, you know, where everything is headed, you know, especially with us as, as men and things like that. So I think, it, you know, just, uh, you know, just on a greater scale. The other thing I would add to it too is that, you know, brotherhood is just not pulling coattail or anything like that. It, it's actually providing resources, you know, like you already mentioned, you know, because that will definitely help build community, you know, when we provide resources. Because one of the things that I think we're missing as well is that, you know, we haven't gotten to a place where in our community we are providing the resources that are necessary to sustain that community. Mm. And that's the other that's thing, true. right? That's true. So you're talking about food, you're talking about clothing you're talking about the things that are the necessities of life so that needs to be established as well instead of you know you know one of the brothers trying to be the big dog in the group at this mm -hmm. point hell with the big dog you know if you're a big dog it's gonna show but trying to force yourself to be the big dog and have everybody follow you or maybe you want you know the attention of the females and stuff like that at this day and this at this day and age it's not necessary we need to be you know very collaborative towards each other help each other out, provide resources. And again, like it was stated earlier, you know, just being, learning how to be a genuine brother first before we anything else. In the South. Yeah, I'm just a piggyback on as far as the sharing the resources that Daryl had talked about. I think a lot of times nowadays, you have people that's like gatekeeping or let's say you have, you know what I'm saying, get a good job at a good place, you making decent money, able to provide you this and that. So your homeboy, oh man, yo, put me on at your job. Guys, but like, oh, let me see what I can do. Where back in the day, it's like, look, man, they're gonna work as hard as possible to get that person on just to then now this is somebody else that can now live the same lifestyle as them versus nowadays it's like, look, man, now nah, I don't want you, I don't want you getting nothing that I got. And it's all you know saying it's it's us putting or a lot of us putting the gatekeeping on things and then just withholding all of those resources. That's you know what I'm saying. Basically, it's almost that crab on, I wouldn't even call that the crab in the barrel mentality. It's almost like the burst crab where it's like, I've made it out where I'm just purposely just, you know what I'm saying, putting the lid on to keep you up. Oh, yeah. man. That's it. That's our time for this first episode of Exit Wounds. And we're going to sign off and tell everybody, you know, just to listen, listen in and uh, Go back around. Tell them where they can reach you at again. All right. So you can check me out on our website through the Looking Glass dot fans. All right, Daryl. Yes, sir. You can find me on All Things Black Podcast on all the streaming platforms, and uh, you can reach me at tbpodcast.com. And there you can find quite a bit of information. I haven't done any recent episodes, but there are some there for people to partake of if they choose to. But again, man, this has been enjoyable. I always like having the conversations like this. And thank you guys for giving me something to, uh, to feed on. I appreciate it. No problem. Arnell, you done 
Well, where can they reach your services at? Or can or do you have services to offer online or anything like that? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. A lot of my sessions now are, you know, are telehealth, so they can always reach me online. Just go to Psychology Today, you know, look me up, Ernell McGaney, E-A-R-N-E-L, McGaney, M-C-G-H-A-N-E-Y, and you can find me there. And, you know, speaking of iron sharpens iron, you know, talking with you guys, I feel like I need to get my social media presence up. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, but thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, we're going to be back um, next week with another episode. Tune in. Chris, hit the record button, man. <laughs>